Welcome to the Small Business Report. I'm Gordon Deal. We examine things like habits of entrepreneurs, emerging trends, financing, marketing, where to get help, even how to get started on your own. And I like hearing from small business owners and employees. Let's talk about your business. You can send me an email at gdeal at compassmedianetworks.com. Today's story is the difficult work life for contractors who often feel out of place among full-time employees in an office setting and the status of bonuses and raises in the coming year for small businesses. Those stories after this. You don't often find the words business and friendly in the same sentence, let alone the same state, unless, of course, you're talking about Michigan. Michigan's business-friendly practices help to become a leader in industries that range from agribusiness and cybersecurity to aerospace and defense. In fact, Michigan is ranked among the top 10 states for major new and expanded facilities, which makes Michigan more than business-friendly. It makes Michigan business-smart. To learn more, visit michiganbusiness.org, because helping business grow is pure Michigan. Millions of contractors now do jobs for American companies that have replaced employees with outside workers. Within the next four years, nearly half the private sector workforce in the U.S. will have spent at least some time as a contractor, temporary employee, or other type of outside job, at least according to one estimate. The contractor model offers companies lower costs, more flexibility, and fewer management headaches. Good for them, right? But as Wall Street Journal reporter Lauren Weber points out, the workers get far less from that arrangement, something they're reminded of every day on the job and in every paycheck. Lauren, what did you look at? Well, we looked at the phenomenon of companies contracting out more and more of the work that they need to get done. And basically, there's a lot of evidence that shows that companies are getting more and more focused on what they consider their core work. And anything they don't consider core, uh, they're finding new ways to outsource that to third parties, to contracting organizations, staffing companies, basically employees who are doing the work but are not their direct hires. Yeah. Some of these stories are just kind of uh, heartbreaking, especially, uh, at least for me, since I'm 50 now, like the, some of the ages of some of these guys and gals are 59, 53 years old, and they just feel like, uh, one guy said, my career is shot. Yeah, well, a lot of people end up in these contract roles, which are often short-term. That can mean anything from three months to two years or so, um, because they've you know maybe been laid off from a job and this was what was available. Uh, again, companies are looking for more and more ways to make their own workforce more flexible, make it easier for them to staff up, staff down. That's a big part of this. It's much easier to fire a contractor than it is to fire a, a direct employee. Um, far less legal liability and HR issues and paperwork and all those kinds of management headaches and things like that. The problem is for workers themselves, this lack of uh, job security, you know, you do often have an end date for your contract, but there's nothing that keeps an employer or a company, your client, from uh, canceling that contract early. And that happens really frequently based on the people that I spoke with. And like I said, you know, for, for people who may have been laid off during the recession, for many of them, they found that all they could get was contract work, short-term, yeah. you know, assignments. And, you know, they find that it's just very hard to get your foot back in the door to a, a regular direct hire job with a decent salary and benefits. Wow. We're speaking with Wall Street Journal reporter Lauren Weber. She's written an extensive piece entitled The Second Class Office Workers. I'm going to uh, say that... Uh, 
probably overstating the obvious, but this seems to uh, impact the breadwinners the most, right? If you're a young millennial, maybe the, you're not overly concerned about you know bouncing around or doing contract work, but you're trying to feed a family or pay a mortgage. Right. Well, I think that's the case. Where when you're uh, you have more financial obligations and commitments, it's much harder to have a very unpredictable career. Uh, you know, the, with contracting, a lot of people have these big gaps. You don't know when you're going to find your next client or your next assignment. Depending on how much in demand your skills are, if you're again, if you're sometimes an older worker who hasn't necessarily kept their skills up to date, you you can really be stuck with long stretches of unemployment. I spoke to a lot of people who dipped into their 401ks, moved in with family members, did anything they could to, to get by. But even for younger workers that I spoke to, this is not an ideal situation. Yeah. Even if you don't have a family to feed, a lot of younger workers are using these jobs to get into things like brand name companies, thinking that this is their first step to getting a full-time, direct hire, regular job at these same companies. And that's often not the case. It gets dangled, you know, that, oh, well, this is, you know, this is a good way to try us out. We try you out. And if you're good, we'll hire you. That, that happens far more rarely than I think the companies lead mm. workers to believe. You know, what struck me, too, um, was just the whole idea of a contractor wearing that specifically coded or colored badge inside a building where they just look at you like you're not one of us, right? Yeah, well, it's really interesting. The badge came up over and over again in my interviews. I probably spoke to about 35 contractors of all ages, and the majority of them mentioned this, you know, having to wear a badge that was a different color or a different shape or a different size than regular employees. And it immediately marks you out as somebody who's, you know, a short, short-termer, you're not going to be around for long. Even in a social way, people don't really invest their time in you. One person I spoke to said people would glance at the badge and then look right past him. And then, interestingly, he was hired at the company where he was contracting. As soon as he got the, I think it was the the green badge or the red badge for a direct hire employee, people treated him totally differently. Yeah. And it becomes this idea, you know, the sort of a caste system within the office. Right. Even when two people are doing exactly the same kind of work and sitting next to each other, you know, one is an insider and one's an outsider. Thanks, Lawrence. Wall Street Journal reporter Lauren Weber. And hey, when shopping for car insurance, consider this. Geico has been saving people money on car insurance for over 75 years. So if you're serious about savings, it's simple. Go to Geico.com. After 75 years, they know how to save you money. Unless you are one of the highest performers at the office, the Wall Street Journal says don't expect next year's paycheck to grow much. A new survey by the consulting firm Aon Hewitt finds businesses are planning to keep budgets for raises relatively flat in 2018 while continuing to devote more payroll dollars to performance-based pay. The survey found that despite low unemployment and increased competition for talent, companies are bearish on across-the-board pay raises. Companies are paying to keep their highest performers happy and in place, with an average 12.5% of payroll going to incentive and bonus pay next year. Overall, two-thirds of the organizations in the survey said they will use merit pay to show workers who's doing a good job and who could stand to improve. Of those companies, 40% say that it will reduce or eliminate raises for low performers. Even some high performers will have to work harder next year. 15% of the companies changing merit pay say they will set more aggressive targets for bonuses and incentive pay. 
Reminder, by the way, the Small Business Report can be found on our website, which is thismorningwithgordondeal.com. That's where you can also hear our daily news program called This Morning, America's First News. Again, if you'd like to share your small business story, I'd like to hear it. You can email me at gdeal at compassmedianetworks.com. That's gdeal at compassmedianetworks.com. Thanks for listening to the Small Business Report. I'm Gordon Deal. Thank you.